Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Tana Talk Soccer podcast. We experienced a lot of fascinating crackers from around Europe's top five leagues this season. We saw Juventus beat Roma 2-0 thanks to the goal from Cristiano Ronaldo and a second half own goal from Ibanez. That victory meant Juventus passed Roma on the table and Juventus now move up into third. Now moving away from this area, we've experienced two extremely good games of football. Two extremely opposite kinds of games of football in the past two days. Liverpool versus Manchester City and of course Manchester United versus Everton. I'm going to start from Manchester United versus Everton. This game, I'm not going to put it on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but it was a very, very interesting game. In the first half, Everton just didn't keep the ball well enough. They gave away the ball in so many delicate areas. It seemed like James Rodriguez was scared to take the ball on the half turn and actually look up and find Richarlison. And the only time they actually did find Richarlison in the first half, he really disturbed Lindelof and he almost turned a mistake into something really clever, but the ball just curved just wide of the post. But the second half, like Manchester United, sorry, I need to talk about them and what they did in that first half. It was... It was dominant. I don't have any other way to put it. Like, not in terms of just keeping the ball, but like in terms of having everything under control. Like the actual meaning of dominance. You know, you can also be dominant without the ball. But it must be said they were with the ball, uh, at least for for most of it. But it was just that it wasn't just about keeping possession. You know, it, it, it never felt like Everton were going to score. Whatever team we're going to do something. I said the only moment was when Richarlison uh, capitalized on that level of error and tried to curl the ball into the far post, but David Dea had covered, of course, and he just left it to go out wide. But apart from that, Everton never looked like they were scoring, and Manchester United raced into a 2 0 lead. Uh, the first goal, a fantastic cross from um, Marcus Rashford, and it was met by Edison Cavani once more. Center forward movement and one was Cavani never fails to show us how to move as a striker, how to move. He steps back, leaps away, runs into the space, heads it uh, past the Olsen. Very fantastic goal, center forward's goal. And the second goal was a thing of beauty. Bruno Fernandes towards the edge of the box, just outside the box rather, right side of the box. And he was in a position where normally he's going to cross 
feigned the cross because uh, there was no one to actually cross down. Just said, why not? He saw what well, he saw. Olsen's position was was kind of awful, and he just went for it. You know, good good power, good ding, good shape into the far corner, far top corner, and uh, yeah, two new match time. And things were looking really rosy. And and to be precise, you know, like uh, Manchester City have gotten their groove back, they've gotten their mojo back, they've gotten their confidence back. Exactly what is lacking from Liverpool now, because in football, the mental side of it is like. I won't say the main thing, but almost like the main thing. Like, you can actually not be so bad, but your results are, are, are really, really bad because you're just in that bad moment. And that's exactly what's happening to Liverpool right now. But I will come to that in a bit. But for Manchester United, yes, they may not be Manchester City. They may not be there yet. But the truth is, like, I was like, I, I was really appreciating what they were doing against Everton because, mind you, Everton are no, like, they're no scrubs, you know. Everton. Everton is a really good, decent side, you know, so like, I felt like them handing Everton this way, not just the scoreline, because sometimes when I watch games, I feel like the scoreline is a bit unfair, but this wasn't the case at all. As I said earlier, Manchester United totally dominated proceedings, and 2-0 up, well, it seemed like game over, but it wasn't. The second half, totally different affair. Everton came out, uh, Carver-Lewin, James and Richarlison played closer to each other. And I'm not going to say it was it was uh, it was it was solely down to this tactical switch by Carlo Ancelotti, but then it worked. And as the second half started, Everton pulled two goals back: um, Abdoulaye Dakure and James Rodriguez, respectively, leveled the game for Everton. And towards the um, towards the second quarter of the second half, uh, McTominay put Manchester United in front again, thanks to a, a sweet delivery from Luke Shaw. But of course, I have to say once more, questionable, questionable, questionable goalkeeping from Olsen. Uh, but like it was very poor goalkeeping. But if you watch the goal, you see that he slipped. And I don't know, a slip is, although it's a mistake, but it's not like, it's a mistake, not an error. I don't know how to put it. But like a slip is just not something like, it just happened. You know, he lost his footing and he slipped and he couldn't reach the ball. That was totally savable. Manchester United looked very well on course to win this one. But Cavalouin had the last say, he had the final say. He scored virtually with the last kick of the game. A diamond free kick, played in by Luca Dean, flicked on by Michael Keane. Cavalouin wanted it more than anyone else. And here, I'm not going to call this a David De Gea error because it wasn't an error. It just wasn't an error by any stretch of imagination, by any standards at all. That isn't an error. But what I have to say was this. Once Michael Keane flicked the ball, because Dominic Cavalomi wasn't going for that first ball, he knew he wasn't going to get the first ball, he was just trying to stay alert and stay on side in case anyone gets a flick on so he can be alive and get on the second ball. Now, the problem here was this David De Gea, I felt like if he really came out and made himself big and really came into that, Cavalomi couldn't have scored that goal because, like, Cavalomi didn't really have the ball under control. He managed to bring it down with his stomach and like he just managed to stretch and just like use the tip of his of his legs to push it in and stuff and like if David De Gea really came out at that advice I felt like he could have bought but he didn't and it was the goal and 3-3 and I don't know if I shared this deserved it. it was just one of those games that I think Manchester United didn't get the result for Everton you also have to say they deserved it because they came out in the second half and they played with more intention they played like yes we can actually get something from this game for Manchester United I, will I say hard luck will, will I say it's tough on them 
maybe a bit because Michael Rashford had some decent opportunities I think to to actually maybe put the game away but he did it and at that point you're wondering like if Everton can actually do something here and they did now shifting attention to today of course Liverpool versus Manchester City in my build up to the game my thoughts were this exactly I didn't see Liverpool losing uh, I didn't feel they were going to win because I didn't see how the win was going to come about but we know Liverpool like I said they're capable of this kind of victory you know, against these big clubs and and all and uh, but I felt it was 1-1 as you could uh, as you can see in my predictions my weekly Premier League predictions I predicted 1-1 a draw at Anfield but what they also knew was this Manchester City have been extremely terrible at Anfield in terms of their record the results they can't seem to buy a win on that ground and what happened today uh, I felt like pre-game I felt like there was never a better time ever for Manchester City to get a result at Anfield. Like not even before Liverpool came an elite side. Because even before they became an elite side, even maybe in 2012, 2013, uh, I have to say this, like they weren't this bad. Like their, their current form is relegation, relegation bad, you know. They were an average. Right now Liverpool is bad. Like going into every game right now, I think every single football team feels like they can beat Liverpool. They have a chance. There's something that they can go in and actually win games against Liverpool. That is how every side feels right now. And that is what it actually is. Because it's not just about feeling. Maybe you didn't feel so at the beginning of the game. But the way Liverpool play, how comfortable it is to actually defend against them. The way they move the ball so slowly and so passively. And the way they basically do next to nothing in attack. The other team, of course, once it right away, they get the, in, they get the, they get the initiative. They get the incentive. And okay, oh, really? Yeah, okay, yes, this game is actually there for the taking. And they go to take it. Now, it's very funny, actually. But it wasn't, it wasn't unexpected. Because as I said... There hasn't been ever a better time for Manchester City to actually go to Anfield and say, no, there's nothing here. You know, it's just it's just another uh, football pitch, normal grass, soil and stuff like that. And just actually get a win here. Now, analyzing this game and saying how it was, like, in the, in the, for majority of the first half, uh, let me not say majority, like the first quarter of the first half, both teams were kind of conservative, not in terms of defending, but in terms of moving the ball slowly, not moving it too fast. Uh, Manchester City... In that spell, the first quarter seemed like okay, we are like they seemed a little bit more like like they had more intense intention. Sorry, they they looked like they knew what they were doing more in terms of going forward. But still, they had produced only one shot and and uh, none on target. Liverpool had produced zero and and of course none on target. And uh, Mane got the chance, fantastic play from Trent down and like he spawned it over the bar. Like okay, from this moment on, actually Liverpool. Uh, almost should I say like they were on top of proceedings they were, they were more of the attacking side and it looked like okay yes we want to up the tempo a bit more and it seemed like Manchester City I don't know they were just uh, maybe they were stuck between expecting Liverpool to be more like to move the ball faster to come at them more so they can be because when Liverpool were not really coming at them and not really pressing with that intensity we know them to press like it just also kind of made Manchester City slow their game down because it won the process on and your opposition, your opposition is bringing on the defensive intensity and speed Like you're not actually forced to play fast and you know a lot of teams like Manchester and even Liverpool like when they play fast they are at their best they are almost unstoppable you know so Liverpool were on top for majority of the first half and of course a stupid penalty was considered. Uh, yes, a stupid penalty was considered, and Gundogan missed. And at this point, I have to say, it really looked like, oh, maybe this Anfield thing is real. Because let's not even forget. Let's go back. Let's go back uh, two seasons ago. Let's not forget this. Let's not forget. Riyad Mahrez missed the penalty, dying minute penalty. Like this couldn't be scripted. This I don't know how else this could have been done. Like. The game was there for the for the taking, you know. Like it was similar to today's game, of course, before the Allison errors, which I will come to. But a game where, like, it felt like 
if he ended in a draw, it's just a very fair result, you know. Like there wasn't too many, too much chances in it and stuff like that. And then the chance presented itself to Marez and he blew it. And again, here Gondoman and he blew it. And what happened? But he redeemed himself in the second half. Once again, poor defending from Trent Alexander Arnold. Come on, Trent, this is too easy. This is too easy. This is not defending. You know what? Like, I can't believe, like, I won't say I can't believe it, but like, I'm just here analyzing football. But I believe I can actually give Trent Alexander Arnold lessons on how to defend. Now, when you're defending, you mustn't win the ball. But what you have to do is to make life difficult for the player. You don't always have to put in that tackle. You don't always have to put in your leg. And a lot of the times, what happens is this. A player is coming at you. This is this is actually where a lot of players do not know how to defend. Like so many top-level footballers do not know how to defend. And how to defend properly. And I'm confident enough I can actually say something very knowledgeable. And maybe anyone who listens to this can actually get it in their head. When you're defending, sometimes you cannot win the ball. This is a fact. And when you look at defending as winning the ball, then you have the wrong idea of defending. Defending is basically just trying to keep them away from the goal, minimizing the dangers. This is what defending is called. This is what defending actually is in football. And when a player is coming at you and you just throw a leg, a lazy tackle, I call it a nothing tackle. We've heard it a billion times. I say nothing tackle because it's a tackle that you're just throwing. You're just like, you're playing, like, you're, you're not going to win the ball with this kind of attempt, you know? And the only thing you can win is a penalty or a foul for the other team because if the other player just crosses over your leg, it's a foul. You give the referee no choice, absolutely no choice whatsoever. So, Trent Alexander Arnold with his nothing tackles, very, very poor, you know, like it was a nothing challenge. Like that's not like you get closer to your man, okay? Get closer to your man. Be a bit more, like touch him a bit more. No pushing, no fouls. I don't know how to explain this properly, but you just have to make it difficult. It's just like any other game in football. Um, any other game in the world, sorry. Basketball or something. There's a reason why, okay, in basketball, if you if you hit the players' hands while shooting or if you do certain things, it's a foul, of course. But there's a reason why you also have to close players down. Because anyone with less space and time obviously has less space and time to, 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 to think, to execute. And it just makes life totally more difficult for any football player or any player of any sport in general. Space and time. So if you just stand there and you don't actually come into block stealing or something. And you just stand there, maybe stretch, stretch a lazy leg. I call it nothing tackle. Stretch a lazy leg. Sterling goes past you. Now there's something here I also want to, to, to talk about. Which I also noticed before it happened. I saw Phil Foden floating in those spaces. And I have to say, as Jenny Vinaldom as Liverpool, one of Liverpool's central midfielders, this was extremely poor. Because Vinaldom was standing in the box, very close to Spud Foden. And he didn't spot that. Now, once Sterling went past Trent Alexander Arnold, I saw the pass. It was the pass was bang on. Foden was wide open. And I'm wondering, like, is this somehow intentional? How can Foden be so open in the box? What is this? This isn't top-level football anymore. Because for Jurgen Klopp, like they are making the players are making basic mistakes, okay? And I think it's deeper than what a coach can do because like this is this is this is this is the problem is more psychological, the problem is more with individual errors than it is tactically. Not much has changed tactically. But Gini Vinaldum, very good in big games and for majority of the game, especially in the first half, he was brilliant as usually, tank, keeping the ball well. But how didn't you spot that? What is your job as a move? Because if the if the central defenders and also the fullbacks line up in the six yard area trying to trying to trying to mark that zone, which is understandable, you as the midfielders, your sole responsibility 
is to pick up third man runs and free spaces in the box. You mark the spaces in the box. It is that simple. This is basic. And for Jenny Vinodom to be standing there marking thin air, marking oxygen, marking O2, marking carbon dioxide and all the other ideal gases in the air. Marking absolutely no one while Phil Foden was standing in a pocket of space inside Liverpool's penalty area close to the goal. This is absolutely unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. And then Sterling, of course, did well by getting past Trent, who I said earlier, put in a nothing challenge and gave the ball to Phil Foden, who fired at Allison, who made a good save, and Gundogan was there for the follow-up. Manchester City lead. Gundogan atones for his early penalty miss. Fantastic Manchester City. Yes, City won nil up, and I have to say, it was expected. This Liverpool side, bruh, they are just absolutely crap right now. And I was just like, okay, here we go again. Here we go again. Luckily for Liverpool, they got their own. Of course, that 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 directness we saw with Liverpool that worked a lot of the time. From the right back, boom, to, to Mo Salah. And of course, Mo Salah got the better of Ruben Diaz, who handled Mo Salah and cost the penalty. And Mo Salah put away the penalty emphatically very very emphatically 1-1 and at this point in the game we knew the game could go anyway but but the truth is this the game was also there for Liverpool to win and Liverpool made things worse this was a very key moment in the game from the moment they, they equalized to the moment they let City take the lead because this was a moment that could change the city's, to their season in terms of how they feel psychologically although I may be wrong because I feel after they won at Tottenham and they went away to West Ham a, a team that's also doing very well and won there again I felt like okay they've turned the corner 100% the confidence is back is back you know they didn't just win at Tottenham they bore them off their yard they bore them out of the park they could have won by four goals to one that day, but five games. To, like they were just just that much better than Tottenham in their own in their in their own home. So I felt like this will this will restore the confidence. They went to Wellstar and the players were playing with a certain kind of swagger. All three goals that they were world class goals. They were all bangers. They were all top quality. They they were they were designed and laced and splattered with swagger. And I felt like okay, this is it. This is it. And then they come again and start losing again at outfield and stuff. It is not uh, it is not acceptable at all. And now, finally, I'm going to go to Alison Becker. Some people believe that Alison, maybe Bet said Manchester City will win this game, and he took responsibility and made sure they did. Of course, as a pro footballer, this isn't allowed. But the point is, these mistakes, my goodness me, so uncharacteristic of Alison. Or of any professional goalkeeper or of any professional footballer. These mistakes were schoolboy. I must say, like, no, 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 no. Like, like the first one, especially, Allison acted like, come on, City, take the ball. I'm giving you the ball. And City and Liverpool defend it again. Fabinho, Trent, and Henderson defend again. And they give it back to Allison. And it's like, City, I gave you before. Come on, take it. I'm giving you. Take it again. Take it again. Have it. Have it. I do not understand. Give away the ball there on two occasions. The first time, Liverpool still uh, still got the ball out. But, of course, give it back to Alisson, who, again, in another phase, like you have another chance to just clear the ball away or make a correct pass and then we'll forget about that. We'll just call it a scare. Alison's scare. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, Ederson also had a scare in the first half where he handed the ball over to Mane or someone. I forgot to. You understand? We just call it a scare. <laughs> but he did it again. He did it again. He did it again. He, he had to give the ball away again. And of course, this time again, El Caligundo one passed again. And he did it again. Again. And this one, I don't know which is worse, but then this is not a competition of, 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 of the battle of, of, of errors and schoolboy stuff, but was also poor this time around i think this one was actually was because he gave away the ball in his own area and then it was just a simple uh a simple dink to sterling and the far post from bernardo silva and then yeah and phil Foden's goal was super you know very silky uh allison should have saved that in my opinion so a lot of power but allison like on his day this was very direct actually and there was enough space out for him to actually uh get his reflexes sharp enough but it just wasn't that day. I don't know what to say. Like all I can say is this: in conclusion, uh, I think Liverpool should be able to move on from this. I think they should be able to pick up themselves from this, because different things can happen to a team, and they just keep falling, 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 which is what we have done. If you actually check their record, if you actually check everything and or anything about how they've been since December, it's been relegation stuff. You know, it's been relegation stuff. The results, the goals, the considered everything, the goals, the goals considered their results, home form, away form, it is relegation stuff. They find themselves still in the top four. The title is gone. It is gone. Manchester City are not going to bottle it. And even Manchester City bottle it. Liverpool are too far away to benefit from this bottling, you know. Like, what do I mean by bottling? I mean, like, maybe, of course, Manchester City are still going, they're not going to win all the games to the end of the season. Of course, they're still going to, uh, they're still going to drop a few points but they're not going to drop enough points for Liverpool to close that gap Liverpool in particular and as for Manchester United uh, I don't think they will as well of course but like they will also drop more points than Manchester City I think so I think Manchester City has won the title but the truth is that for Liverpool I'm talking about Liverpool now for Liverpool they're just too far off to capitalise on, any, on anything Manchester City drops and the truth is we can't, you can't even be thinking of what Manchester City is going to drop as a Liverpool fan when Liverpool can't even buy a win, they can't beat the worst side in the league right now. Even at Anfield, if the worst side in the league comes to Anfield, the, the worst side in the league is going to get a win, not even a draw. It's that bad. It is that terrible. So they need to get their things straight. The, the positive is, for me, the positive is, they are not playing badly. But this can also be a negative for me because when Liverpool play badly, when my team plays badly, okay, I know a lot of improvement needs to happen. They are off form. But what's happening to Liverpool right now is not really for me. It's not that the players are playing badly. The players are sharp and stuff like that. It's just very psychological in my opinion. These errors from Alisson, you see the defending, like individual errors here and there. Individual errors, individual errors, individual errors, individual errors. You get me? It's 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 very psychological and and and... And it is bad because when you... Because we've witnessed Liverpool in the past two seasons. There were a lot of games they weren't great. No way to put it at all. They were really good. They didn't play well. But it's just that mentality. That confidence. They know they're not going to lose. They're not going to draw. They're going to win. Absolutely, they're going to win. And they did because they have the assurance. They know that they're not going to concede. And the other team is, is also just getting the vibes off. They can feel this confidence from Liverpool. But it's like now, like the other team knows this. Like Liverpool are scared of making an error or two. Uh, I think it's high time Klopp uh, starts one of his new defenders and returns Fabinho or Henderson to midfield because... Like, let's not act like these are not the main guys in Liverpool's midfield. They need to be returned. They need to add that urgency to the way they move the ball up top. And yes, like, I think, like, right now, for Liverpool, uh, for Liverpool, I think right now, the coach 
all the players the coach doesn't even need to say anything but all the players know that this is unacceptable totally unacceptable like this is an all-time low as i said this is relegation form relegation stuff and they know it shouldn't get worse than this they can't afford to keep losing games they have to get their things straight together they of course have to forget about the title like it's not even on their minds of course like we know this but you have to win football games because yes they've spent the whole season in the top four or whatever but you won't make the top four if you keep losing games and this is facts like they just have to press the brakes on this their <laughs> on this their free fall they have to press the brakes on this their free fall they must and just have to focus on the top four the champions league of course is there for the winning as everyone like everyone has an equal chance but do i think liverpool can win no they can't win the champions league because they're just not good enough and it's not even about how good you are as a side but it's about what you can offer you analyze sides and think this side can attack very well okay they defend poorly this side doesn't attack too well they are disbalanced the way liverpool are right now brighton can beat them burnley can beat them sheffield can beat them west Brom can beat them basically every team in the premier league can beat them right now because they are psychologically dead they're going to make the mistakes every time they're not going to score goals they're just going to play not bad like if you want them you don't feel like oh the other it's not as if the other team is dominating and oh my goodness liverpool are playing so bad no it's just like they play, 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 play. Don't move the ball fast enough. Make an error on the other end. Go. The other team has scored. And they keep doing this time and time again. So, like, of course, like, if the likes of Brighton and Burnley's fancy themselves against Liverpool, then Liverpool still have no chance against the Barcelona's Bayern and even Real Madrid. Like, even if these teams are not, like, in their most, uh, in their, in their, in their prime, we knew them in the past decade or so. It doesn't matter. Liverpool stands no chance. Absolutely no chance against any of these sides. Unless, however, things change. And I really do expect it to change. I think things can't go on for much longer. The coach, the staff, the players, everyone knows this. And of course, yes, that's it for today. <laughs> I think this was a very, very interesting episode. Please don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Tell people about the Gospel, the Turner Talk Soccer podcast. Feel free to laugh at me. Yeah, Liverpool lost for one. I'm not paying. I actually expected it. I felt like Manchester City. It was the perfect time for them to get the Anfield win. 4-1 was very bad. Uh, at the point of the game, I was just hoping, okay, Liverpool should get something out of this game. But Alisson had different plans. Once my Amlutana Oroche to have a lovely week. Thank you. The Turner Talk Soccer podcast. The Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.